0: The Collective Potential podcast is for real people and having real conversations. And there's nothing more real than death. When I was 13, my dad died. And ever since then, I've been pretty interested in, do we go somewhere after this life or do we stay here? And what is this thing grieving that hurts us so much? But at the same time, this topic, even though it hits home for me, um, and is quite real for me. I actually wonder does death have a purpose? And that's what today's podcast is about. Does it have purpose or is it scaring us to death? (laughs) You want to get a thing in there that's scaring us to death. (laughs) That just came out.
1: (laughs) Connection. Real world. People everywhere. Collective potential. We're all the same! Oh, that's nice. I
0: like that. So Jeremy, Ryan, what do you think? Is does death scare you to death, or do you reckon it has purpose? I don't I can't
1: see the purpose immediately. It does scare me more immediately than it gives me a sense of purpose. Um
2: Yeah, that's how I feel. I think it it one of the if I can ask another question, it's when I think about this, it's not Like, I think as humans, we've all got this subconscious fear of death. Like, we're all not, you know, it's a thing that stops us running into bad situations. Like, I think as an organism, we don't want to... We want to keep existing.
1: So you've got amazing curls on the back of your head. Have you been like putting curl cream in or something?
2: Yeah, she's really, really crazy. <laughs> I just
1: noticed when you looked at M for the first time and it's just really nice and luscious. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you put product in or is that just like shampoo and conditioner? Sh- it's just shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, right. You
0: really wanted to look good for this podcast. It's gorgeous, man. It looks really nice. You
1: anyway,
2: know, sorry. Keep going. So that was the death of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, It's um. How many death puns do you think we can do? Twenty. <laughs> no, I think it's like I, I think it's the actual. Like I'm afraid. I think I'm afraid of dying, but not n- not existing. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So like, scared of you know like getting hit by a car or getting stabbed or you know the actual process.
1: Such a funny concept, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like once you d- once you're done, you're done, and you it won't affect you at all because you're done but it will affect your family and your friends and it'll be a big bummer for them um hopefully i mean <laughs> if they care enough um but yeah like i i think i I'm a few years back like i read some buddhist thing that like the the idea of meditating on death and i started doing it and it made me uh, i don't know i think it was just good to just sit on it and ponder it and think about it and and wonder about it inside myself Um, and I think I remember we're hitting age when I was like 29 and I was like, I think I I'll happily die because I've lived such a full life. Like I've, I've, I've not like I will happily die, but if I die tomorrow, I I cannot complain because I've done, I've been, I've been fearless of how I've lived and I've, I'm happy with what I've achieved. I feel lucky for what I've, what I've, what's come into my life. Um, so if I die and obviously there's always more and there's more want to do, and, and that, that will go on until the day I die, but really really being grateful for existing and having had a chance to live a life that I wanted to live is fucking more than enough. I'm so lucky for that. There's so many life forms and humans that don't get that fortune. Do
0: you know um, what really gets my goat, though? It's like, every day, we know that we could die. We're out of here, kaput. See you later. Right now. Mm. Right now. So
2: fragile. There's a guy in India. Yeah, giving and yet
0: a... there. You know, you that. You know, there's nothing about that you hear more in the self Development World. I could than... sneeze
1: and sneeze and put my eyeball through that spike <laughs> yeah. in a minute. <laughs> there was
0: a, but we, yeah, we just. What do you do about it? You know, like what do you do? We actually really realize our own immortality. Mortality. Sorry, mortality.
2: Yeah, well, like a good example of this was there was a guy in India doing a speech and he had a stroke during the speech. Oh my god. Like, a, a politician. And like they caught him on camera like the moment he passed away after just giving a speech. Yeah. Like how freaky is that? Well, I, like existing, non existing. Yeah. This Are is we, a bit random, but oh you yeah, go.
1: No, I haven't got things to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um actually no it's not random. It's like um uh, when has been a moment, like what stands out to you the most when, you've, when you realise what death was? Let's go down this path and even for people who's listening, think of the first memory or the first experience you've had with death. It could have been like, you know, we talk about it as kids with our dogs or our pets in the house, but it could be somebody close to you. Yeah, my most significant one where it hit me the hardest. Yeah, where well you was, learned what it
1: truly was. Yeah, it was when my grand grandfather passed away um, about seven years ago. And, um, like the, the way in which it hit me felt like something I couldn't really control. Like I was at work when I found out and then I just had to go for a walk and I understood. And then I just kept crying. Um, just the, just the, just knowing that he's not there anymore. Like knowing that when I go down to his house, he won't be there. Mm. Um, and he doesn't exist in that body that, you know, like w- one thing we do know for sure is him has, it as I know it never exists anymore because it's it's over and that's a weird that's a weird big thing to comprehend and 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 truly let yourself feel let yourself go i feel you know i think everyone can relate to the tendency if they've been through it of i mean i couldn't really relate because i i feel things quite intensely so i i naturally fell into that place of feeling it but I tried to avoid it for a moment because it felt inappropriate to feel it at work. <laughs> and then I was but it just kept kept taking over. But I think a lot of people, um, and I do in other areas, don't want to feel something or don't allow yourself to feel grieve or go through the process of of feeling your life in whatever way that may be, and how healthy that is. I guess.
0: Mm, thanks for sharing that. It's an interesting thing. Like what got me when you were talking was but they're just not going to be here anymore, like, as we know it. Mm.
2: What about you, Ryan? I was eight years old, and it was a time I went to a Catholic school for my first, like, three years of high sc- uh, primary school. And I only went there not because my family was Catholic, because I had a couple of best friends from kindergarten, and I wanted to be with them. And I, I went into this school, and I had the, like, greatest group of friends, and I knew everyone the first two years. And then the third year I got put in with none of my friends that I knew except this one boy, Sam. And Sam passed away from appendicitis, like, really, like, very rare. Mm. And I just remember as an eight-year-old being like, "Woof!" when I, I was at, I can remember the whole night I was at home and I was playing a game where my mum had a friend over and I actually, like, thought it would be funny to, like, hide myself in the laundry, like, the laundry was on the couch, like, clean laundry. Mm. So I buried myself under all these clothes and, were like, had my eyes, like, poking out, like, watching her and her friend for, like, three hours. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And she, I just remember her, like, looking around the house for me and couldn't find me. And then when I finally, like, was like, oh, all right, game's over, come out, <laughs> she right. told me. And I remember it just being, like, like, it's it was uncontrollable as an eight-year-old when I actually like, conned on to what she said, I mm. guess, because you know. Yeah, being so young. And it was the first one that i am like, ever experienced. It's like, mm. you don't really understand. It's a whole lot of confusion. And I think mm. a lot of it's picking up on, you know, like, my mum was crying, of course. Um, and I was, like, picking up on that and just, it's, it was just a weird, wacky experience as an eight-year-old.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely. Even listening to you, I go, mm. oh, man, you're being so young, you forget what death it's incomprehensible to her.
1: Well, everything you go through when you're young, you experience for the first time. Yeah. Well, a lot of things, like first-time feelings in mm. any account, and you can sometimes feel them when you're older, but when you ever experience anything for the first time, we should never <laughs> forget how impactful that is compared to, like, the second or third time.
0: Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, I think about um, my dad died when I, I was mentioned before. When I was 13... Mm. And I still have the memory like you, like it's it's so. Vis- it's so visceral, like you, you're in it. And I can still remember being, he got, um, and it's an interesting thing talking about somebody dying because we don't really have space for it. Like even doing this, it's like, oh, we're talking about moments in our life where someone's died. Right. Mm. Do not you reckon we don't do that often?
1: Maybe I. I mean, yeah. I suppose not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about it that maybe I've actually our closest. Yeah, maybe if you're closest, but even as you know, a 35 year old, I, I found that over the, my lifetime, because I've lost both my parents, it's also hard for me to talk about it because it makes me sad, um, and I miss them, like you're saying about your grandfather. Um, but at the same time, you know, we just. Yeah, it just is. It just, It's just life. It, mm-hmm. That's just how it works. But I still remember being 13 and um, my dad had had a work accident. Like he was a dogman, so he lived, He worked up on the top of the buildings. And um, it was just actually quite a, just a really scary experience being that young. And we got the call and one of the crane loads had fallen down onto him. So think about Whoa. this was before work safety, like work cover which interesting enough my mum was one of those widows that really helped push work cover mm-hmm. um uh because there weren't any safety barriers back then so but what happened is because he got sick when the when the crowd when when the load fell down he went to hospital and but for about 3 months he'd crushed all his pelvic bones which is pretty scary enough, right? Imagine how much pain he would have been in. And as a 13-year-old, I was like, oh, I don't want to be here in the hospital for three months, every week, every day. I was bored of it. But, of course, in the hospital he got sick. And um, then because he got like a a disease within his blood and then he got Mm -hmm. pneumonia and the doctors had, you know, that final conversation you have of there's nothing we can do. And my whole family was standing around in the hospital and we had to turn the machines off. And like, you know, thinking about death, you go, they asked us, would you turn off the machines to let your dad die? Mm -hmm. And so you think about death on one end. Um, I actually don't think of it. That's a
1: whole different care. Isn't it? When When you have to make a decision.
0: There's a big thing out there right now about should we do euthanasia, which we'll come back to. But um, this was those moments that you go, do you keep someone on life support knowing that it's, potentially it could be, or all of the pointers are saying that no matter what, if he wakes up, he won't be functioning. And, you know, and that's just how the human body works. It shuts
2: down. And mm-hmm. Was he awake at all after that time?
0: No, but within the last few weeks, I so maybe it was like New Year's Eve. Um, and yeah, they just, we just said there's not much more we can do. I think that was going on for a few days. Again, I find it really interesting because I don't normally talk about it, but the memories are really like... Shattered that I can't, but yeah. as a kid, I cried. I remember I couldn't even walk, I was so sad down the hospital walls and uh, wards, and my brothers and sisters. And you just go, Wow, you know, it does shape you. Oh, those of course those it moments,
2: does. It's our brains are more like the idea is that we. Remember the stick, not the carrot. Like we remember punishment or things that really affect us negatively more than we do positively, mm. because you know things that are negative in the wild are probably
1: threatening, yeah,
2: threatening to us and could harm us. Whereas mm-hmm. rewards, if we don't get a reward, there might be another one. Yeah, as you know, doesn't
1: it doesn't promote survival?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, we've we've
1: like it's also maybe our culture is in um doesn't doesn't have a tendency to have well it doesn't have a a great process around death, maybe, maybe great. even like such a f- good point funerals and um, like funerals. I find morbid. I find coffins morbid. Uh, I don't. There's nothing. It feels very dark and like the people aren't knowing what they're really doing. Like for example, on the uh, I mean, like the Mexicans, uh, the Day of the Dead and celebrating those that have come to pass and, and then the, the with Zen the Zen Hospice in California that where this guy um, in a wheelchair is really trying to help because he's got he's been through a lot of traumatic things so he's got this deep sense of compassion and wanting to give people's last days on on earth make them as amazing as possible
0: like a hospice where you go to yeah. to live
1: a hospice where you go to live i can't remember his name i google it um, i'm sure it'll come up um yeah and maybe do you think that's it you know
0: you know without a doubt like in there's i used to say this um I think, you know, because I was talking about my dad just dying. When mum died, I had to start to learn to deal with my grief. And then I started to realize that all around me, people didn't know how to deal with my grief or they didn't know what to say or they would say sorry. And I'd yeah. be like, please stop saying sorry to me. Like I hated it. Right. But you didn't I did re- do anything. Yeah. And then, but then I understand the cultural need to just ignore that's a cultural pleasantry. And then I would start to research what do they do? Like in Ireland, they walk the everyone sits with the body and in the coffin open and the family and friends come and that's Catholic families, not everybody obviously, but mm-hmm. there's a tradition. And then the coffin is walk through the streets mm. in parts violent and that's to celebrate or to acknowledge the person's passing mm. in um, certain Middle Eastern countries, they wail and howl. If I think mm. about what I used to do on my own at the po- point where both my parents had gone, All I would do was wail, but I'd do it on my own. Mm. But then I started to see like in cultures where they'd just be like hitting the body or hitting each other's chest and be like the women would be like, no, no, why? And like they would get all that. Is is this
1: in a ceremony after the death, like a few days after or is it at the time? At the
0: time and then at any point that you would be expressing that, that sad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the nonnas um, in Greek culture, they still mourn um, the death represented by their headscarves or just in darker clothings. And you go, it's interesting mm. and fascinating death, inter- grievancing processes mm. around the world. It's interesting
2: mm. to see, like, native cultures and their grieving because that, that's what you said. It's like, I know there's tribes in Africa. I couldn't, again. Just, we we're so bad at this, we just can't remember exactly. Huge yeah. ones, but um,
0: I don't think we need to. I think it's more reference to what yeah we find fascinating. They, um, I
2: like to think that too. So like <laughs> the body's <laughs> on the, <laughs> memory isn't so great. Let's say someone <laughs> passes away, the body will be there, and everyone in the tribe will just completely just. Give themselves over to the grief and not avoid oh, it. The ho- give imagine like a whole, over. whole culture of people, but in, you know, instead of you being in your room mm. alone doing it, mm. it's like, well, there's shame around having... feeling
1: in our culture, isn't there? There's well, shame yeah. around yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's fucked.
2: Look at what a like, I've been to a couple of funerals lately, which isn't a great thing to say, but it's like, you know, we all wear black clothes and you know, it's all very respectful to the family and it's very like, you know, mourning. Um, it's when, quite sterile in a lot of ways, uh, you know. You know, like they pump bodies full of chemicals. Like it's mm. horrendous. In the, I in can't the... stand that. It, like I'm going to say this now. If I pass away, do not let anyone put chemicals into my body to make me Well, if you're really yeah. stinking, it's hard to be around you. Oh, just keep me <laughs> frozen, burn me. I don't... <laughs> well, because I'm really, done, done know know me. I mean, like,
0: again, this is nothing I've really ever brought up before, but being that we're having a real conversation, go for it. I remember kissing my dad goodbye with the open coffin. And um, I can still feel the coldness of his body on my lips. Like, and I never really speak about it, but, you know, I'm sorry. Mm. This is the session that you go, I remember that. And then I promised myself I would never do that again. And then when mum died, soon as, um, which I actually, it was a really beautiful conversation about this actually. I closed my eyes when she took her last breaths and I never looked at her after that. Now, who's to say if that's a great healing process for me or not? But I remember thinking I only want to remember her as the wow. woman, you know, yeah. so I never wanted to see her Shit, as yeah. gone or death, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, you know, this is where like, okay, did, did you do that consciously,
1: prepare for that or you I, just did it instantly? Or? In the
0: moment, I remember thinking I don't want to go through the same because they pump you through chemicals when, <clears throat> and I didn't like that I experienced that feeling but that's death like if we're talking about death like it, that the body the spirit goes and mm. they're not their vital organs are no longer functioning and so i remember thinking to myself yeah consciously i don't want to remember her like that mm. and i do want to talk about this if i can so here's the beauty of death okay is do, does your is there a soul Does it leave our bodies? Mm. All right. Do you get me where I'm going with this? So here's an example. So my mum had cancer and she lived a long cancerous life because it went on. They told her initially six months. um, And at the time I was in year 12 and I was like, what is going on? Um, It was only a few years after dad had died. But I remember this um, moment where they said she'll only have a few months to live. She lasts almost four years. Mm. which is awesome, right? Mm. Um, And when she was in the hospice, she was taking her last breaths, right? And when you're put in a hospice like the Zen space, you know that it's time and you have to all prepare for it and they really take you through almost the experience. But what happened was we were in that room for days, Mm. right? Days and days and days. Just sitting as brothers and sisters as her her saying our own goodbyes in our own ways. And you can't it's like a waiting game towards the end there. Um, is it everyone okay with me talking Yeah, yeah, yeah? Go for it. Um, and really quickly, this is where I found my view of death changed a bit. Because we're all sitting there waiting and waiting for days, getting annoyed, and then my sister goes, That's it. I'm getting up, I'm having a shower. Then my brother looks at me and goes, I'm going for a sticky. Then the other one goes, I'm just going for a walk. And then I walk into the next room and there's a piano there. I can't play piano, but I thought, oh, I'll just sit down. So I started like playing this tune and I was singing a song that I'd written for my mum to say thank you. So I was like, you know.
2: And she was still alive at She
0: was still alive at this point. But when we all came back into the room, the nurse, oh, everyone went off and did their own thing and took their focus off her and then the nurse came and got us all and said this is it this it's she's already she's left she's leaving you now and so somehow the hospice nurse knew but we thought the most beautiful thing about when we all finally came back into the rooms and heard her last breaths um and reminded all of us of our humanity is that she knew that we'd all had enough that we'd all we knew it was time to say goodbye and so we believe at that point because we all said okay let her go we let her go and then so in our family there's this this belief now that everybody knows when it's time to go
1: mm. Mm. i believe that i reckon i will i reckon i'll know when it's time to go um and accept it i think there's something exciting about death to me because i'm Absolutely. like i don't know what it's going to feel like and it's the one experience i've n- I mean, I haven't experienced a lot of things, but I don't really care to, but it's the one experience that, um, we haven't experienced yet. And yeah, I think I, I, i believe there's something eternal in all of us that lives on in some way. If it's, um, through the particles of my skin that decompose and then form a mud or whatever tree, whatever happens, you know, like there's something that's, forever in cycle and life is forever flourishing and recycling and creating again and and i and i and i sense just through having done you know such hundreds and thousands of or no, just a shitload of meditation over the years and all the time you go really deep inside yourself you find a realm that is very
2: eternal because there's it, it, it a sense you get about all that that's um can I clarify a question here? Mm. When you say eternal, you're not talking about Jeremy carness. No, no, you're just talking about. Because I think when people talk about the idea of the soul or, you know, what happens after we die, I think they think that you know their thought patterns and who they are, who they think they are, lives on. Yeah. So like, you know, no,
1: I think it's soul and spirit are different things. Soul is your emotions, your ability to feel and connect. Spirit is just the essence or the energy or the. So there's this great video of a twelve year old, a thirteen year old's um, physicist talking about what he thinks God is, and just defined it as energy. Like God is just energy. It's mm. the energy that creates all life. Is the energy that's flying around the frequencies that we can't see. And it's like there's so much going on beyond this instrument of sensory, and there's 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 a hint that more than like fucking shitloads of people have tuned into, of something far greater than themselves, and that it's that thing that I think. Like I hope to be able, to, I, I'm in forever pursuit of in my life spiritually. Like for forever pursuit of feeling that more or letting that unravel more. Um, and I think you know, like there's something about death when you look at it like that. That's you feel. I feel a lot less fear about. And when I'm connected to that part of myself, I feel a lot less fear about um, death.
2: I think, like if you think about, you know. Where were you before you woke up? There were, you know, between Alan Watson us. Yeah, a little bit, but it's, it's like, you know, that afterwards this baby's going to be born and everything's going to keep going. Mm. So it is this like ongoing thing.
0: Explain that to me again.
2: Well, it's like, you know, when you die, there'll be other babies born. Yeah. So like you as a.
0: You mean there'll be life after me? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what that's that's
1: the, that's the honour in old tribe. A lot of tribes talk about is like it's such an honourable thing to die because it's allowing your community mm. to give space for a new life to come. Mm. Like, when, and that's why they honour death,
2: like when leaves fall off trees and become nutrients for new trees to grow. Mm.
1: Exactly,
0: because I love that. Like, I, I think that's so interesting. When one baby comes into the world, how many souls or whatever energies have gone? Yeah,
1: and even in that sense, like purely non-spiritual. Like if, if at the end of my life, I know that I've contributed to our people, our species, our, our existence mm. in a positive way, that's nothing to do with spiritual or eternal life. If I've contributed and to this 15-year-old say that then passes on to someone, to other people, a little idea or shared a good idea that I read once by someone else and then someone else hears it, any any little way we influence things for the better and and, and support our evolution as a people for the greater more beautiful, more uh, more higher higher vibration of existence, um, then great. That's like cool. I'm done. I've I've done a good thing with my time in this fleshy clump of mm. atoms, mm-hmm. ex- experience and shit. Mm. Um, and you can you can die pretty happy, I reckon, with that. Like I'll die pretty happy knowing that, that that's actually true. You know, I've done a lot of shit things as well <laughs> and I've upset a few people, but. But isn't Let's not
0: talk true? about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a whole other session on rebel. Can I quickly take this somewhere? like Please. slightly. Uh-oh. deeper. Yep. Or maybe not deep. Okay. No, so nah, go there. One of the. Hello, we're talking about death. Uh, one of my favorite books is called the, Den- "The Denial of Death," and the argument that Ernest Becker makes, is the author, is that we have this ego that can't conceive death, yet we live in a body that's. Decomposing. He yeah, has yeah, really, yeah, yeah. He has really like, grueso- not gruesome, but really visual ways of explaining it. Yeah. But he talks about things like religions, accumulating wealth through business, you know, the idea of um, going to war and dying for your country. It's all symbolic yep. because we want to try and keep our symbolic selves going. Yeah. And so he talks about, you know, like for many people find it important to leave a legacy for their heirs. Mm. Even after they pass away, and that's a symbol. having
1: something tangible, a, t- a symbol yeah. is something tangible, right? Something to hold on to,
2: which yeah. goes even when I die, I'll still be alive. And he he said he thinks that most of our behaviours, and this was written in the seventies, and you know whatever, but non quantifiable.
1: You can't really have attachment to them. Like, how can you have a board that lists up all the people that you affected positively and hold that with a like a hand held high, like fuck yeah, I did it. Like you can't. <laughs> That's why it's so funny and futile. Our ego is just so illogical and and scrambling for a bunch load of bollocks, really that won't fulfil us. Mm. And what a greater way to confront that than death?
2: In yeah.
0: What, in what you're saying, um, I said to you as Ryan texted me recently and said, "Could you send me a text to remind me about?" you know what you remember this, it was like you weren't having the greatest day and
2: no, I was just doing, I was following our own advice. Cause yeah. it was like the week before we we're talking about talking to people when you have a bad time and yeah. I'm a pretty happy guy. I don't often mm. have dark, which is very really true. dark moments. Yeah. But for some reason, and there was no reason I could really put my finger on it. I just felt horrendous mm. and I don't know why. And I was like, I think it was just a whole combination of things, but it was absolutely it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I texted Em. I was like, "Hey, Em, feeling this. Not really sure why.
0: Mm. What do you think?" Mm. Mm. And the first things that came to mind—it was so almost cliche, but it felt real for me. So I was like, "Well, I'll follow it." Was remember four words: "You're going to die." You know, when we get so caught up in ourselves, and I, I actually use it quite often. It is a big. It is a thing of that I. I reckon I use it. It's quite ritual. Quite, it's a, quite a ritual for me. Tony Robbins flip. Yeah, I like to consistently put myself in like, you know, um, uh, Steve Jobs, there's a quote that I have. It's like the best thing to remember is that, um, yeah, is your mortality, your immortality? What have I got? Your mortality. Immortality. No, your mortality. Mortality. (laughs) Ruining this. (laughs) Um, But the, the best thing for you to remember is you're going to die and that you are already naked. So give and follow what you love a go. Oh, I like the naked thing. Yeah, I love the naked thing. It took it to a whole new level. It's like, you know, when people say you're going to die, it's actually to strip you back to the, without the ego. Mm. Let's look at the reality of the situation. What well, does mm. it doesn't matter?
2: Mm. What would it be like it's to gra- be? That's,
1: what, that's what's really freeing about this conversation, I find, is, is unraveling and stripping back the things that make us scared about it mm. and going, all right, I'm scared about it because... I, I'm I, I'm fear of the unknown of what's going to happen. All right. Well, that's okay. I can right. deal with that. Well, let's do
0: it. Let's popcorn it. <laughs> yeah. What are you scared most about with death?
1: Like keep them short and quick. Um, the, I'm, I'll no longer exist and I like existing.
0: Mm. <laughs> um, I'm going to miss the people that I love so much. That yeah, always yeah. gets me.
2: Yeah, that's that's hard. That's... Intellectually, I'm not afraid of death. Cool.
0: What in... In, well, that stumped me, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's because
1: he's... He, he, he just feel it, dude. He, 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 fuck intellectually. He just, um, just, what's, well, maybe your, we'll what's come, your first response a, to it?
2: My first response is, I don't want to die. Yeah. But I'm I'm not there sitting, I must go on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Like, I embrace it with my thoughts and my head, but I'm not going to... You know, like, my body, when I walk out and I see something that like makes me feel... Fear, like I still have that avoiding thing, but like intellectually, I'm not like, oh, that'll be the worst thing ever. And I kind of, I'm not ready to die, but I don't think I'm afraid of it.
1: What about you getting savaged, savaged by like a few snakes, one lion, a <laughs> uh, dildo up <laughs> the ass, and then me eating your left eyeball out <laughs> while chewing your nut?
2: It, um, Kind of, um,
0: Intellectually, how do you no, feel about be that?
2: Because you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm busy on really your really own. hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that, that wraps up this
2: podcast. And next week we'll be talking about sex.
0: Okay, so... No, no,
2: but to answer your question, it's like all those are stories.
0: Yeah.
2: And if we look at... If it happens, it happens. It's like that thing like... You love stories. <laughs> yeah. No, but... If I get hit by a car, I'll deal with it then, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna sit here, like of course you could be like, oh, but what if someone well, plenty of what ifs, yeah, like, but
1: that's the whole concept of death, like it's the what if of what what it will be like. What it will it be like? What if it what if it's like this, what if it's like that, what if that person will get affected.
2: But that's all just thinking. It's all just, yeah. so, but it's that just that is intellectual. Imagining. That's what I mean. It's a it's a thing that it's so just an image. Like it's not real. It's a fantasy.
1: So when you say intellectually, you mean logically you've debunked enough of the what ifs to go? I, uh, I therefore intellectually don't am not scared of it. Is that what you're saying?
2: I'm saying I don't. So, for example, I'm okay. Intellectually, I mean, I'm not thoughts and feeling. Like, I'm not. If you ask me, the symbolic me, what do I think of death? My answer would be, oh yeah, I'm not afraid of it. Like, I'm not thinking about what happens after. Yada yada yada. yada. Mm. But if you came at me with a knife, I'd be yeah. scared. So my body, my sensations, my physical feelings. Yeah, yeah. But I can't put words to that if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you don't fantasize about death. Like, exactly. I think a lot of people fantasize about it because they see it in movies, they hear about it on the news constantly. They go, What if that's my family that just got shot? Like, there's a lot of narrative that's in our awareness through media, particularly that talks about death. Like, we we, did, we chatted to these kids the other day at work and we asked them what they thought the news was. And they, they, we didn't put it in the edit, but a lot of them would just went, Death, crashes. People dying, and then one kid just went dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like, no shit. That was 90% of what people thought, kids thought news was. So, what the fuck is that saying about like what news Uh, is? It's fucking disgusting. Well, that
0: is exactly why I refuse to watch the news. Yeah, and and I don't read any media. I don't either.
1: Well, I mean, that's probably why you haven't got the narrative that a lot of people probably do around death.
0: And it just goes to show, like, I actually like what just happened then, too. we ask I ask the emotional question of it and someone who's left brain goes I'm
2: not yeah, I'm yeah. not into it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm right yeah. brain.
0: Well that's a very general
2: Wait, what do you mean? Wait.
0: Well, because I want to go into the emotion of what um what what happens
2: that you'll be scared of. It's a fear of uncertainty and I don't really I don't think I
0: Yeah, but you don't you don't need to you don't need to agree with me. It's more that I recognise that that's the different type of people who experience what death's like. It's like people just go, Oh, it's What can we do, you know? It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm like, I want to express my feelings about what death is and how it impacts us, which makes sense, though. Like, I kind of liked what happened mm, then. Just mm, saying from mm. listening to the two of you just then, I was like, oh, yeah. I can see how people out there would spend so much time just going, well, that's just part of life. Yeah. And I what? don't buy into the emotion of it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I like it as well, but I also like challenge that there's there's feeling in your eye that you gotta feel something. Like if if you imagine it enough. Or maybe it's just like you're maybe you don't. Like maybe you I I'm just questioning that. Oh question. It's
2: it's I don't know, I just think it's a futile thing to Like when I think about now, I don't I'm not afraid of it. Mm. Like What
1: about death of someone else?
2: Um, I can talk about, so recently I had a friend passed away and I find that the difference between this, you know, no one's passed away in my family for four years before that or close to me, and this friend was quite close, but instead of doing what I used to do, which would be to distract myself from the feelings, um, I would sit down and feel it and not think about it, but just sit down and feel it and imagine her and, all these different feelings would come up. It would often, I feel like in recent years through grieving for different things, breakups, deaths, whatever. Um, I find that when you actually sit there and feel the emotions, it's like a roller coaster. It's like you feel these really intense, like negative, like, oh, in your gut feelings. Mm. But then usually when you feel them on the other end, it's kind of like it's cathartic. You feel like, I don't know, it might just be me, but I go very, like, when I go really down, I also go very up afterwards mm. when I actually feel the emotions. But the years before, I would have played Xbox or mm-hmm. watched movies and not feel Which it. I, I would call
0: that, that's the resistance, you know. I sat with a um, a coaching client today and, you know, it's an interesting thing when you get someone to sit in the emotion of what they're grieving. And I, I see what he's saying too because you go – into it, and you're sitting in it. So emotion has energy around it, right? It has weight. It has mm. this. It's emotion. It's in energy and motion. Mm. So if you sit with it, and rather than pr- energy and motion interesting way to describe yeah, yeah, emotion. it's exactly what emotion is, and you. Just suppress it. You keep pushing it down or play Xbox or drink or whatever. So and drinking's avoiding it. Oh, a massive one, yeah. you know, and, and we want to find something to distract us. And so to sit in those experiences and go oh, through man. them, it takes a lot to do that. But you do come out, it's like a vortex. It's like a tunnel even. You're in it and then there's freedom to it, which is I see the happiness.
2: If this conversation is about living as well... In my experience, I've also found that the more that I look at, you know, not only is there death, but there's also suffering and the moment before death and, you know, you can walk down the street and see lots of homeless people and I find the more I, it, like, allow myself to be touched by that, other positive emotions will come up at different times. I think, like, if you push away pain, you also push away the pleasure as well. Have you guys experienced
1: that too? Yeah, yeah, because you numb yourself to the realm of emotion um I, I i that gut- that gut feeling you're chatting about I was feeling that last night when I watched um earthlings like I was watching all the uh, like basically an hour and a half, two hours of being educated on how animals are treated or other earthlings like we're just creatures on this earth they're creatures on this earth we all have the equal right to live and be free um oh, yeah, this is an interesting They're really contextualized their relevance to the point where I saw one of a, a man get trampled on towards the end by an elephant that was just like had a year of to- a life of to- lifetime of torture and was getting free and trampled on his guy that was whipping him all the time
0: his trainer his trainer yeah captor
1: captor and I had zero feels zero gut feeling towards that human dying but um it's because I'd been received all this information about all these other creatures that we can't just because we don't interpret we don't understand fully um, we we um, we think they're lesser. We're speciists, as they called them in the movie, and and I found that gut wrenchingly disgusting and vile. And I was hu- hugely embarrassed and and horrified by our ability as a species and what we've done, um, and the death the death that all these animals are and are suffering and the huge amount of pain and suffering which we can say for sure they are feeling, and yet we disqualify it like uh, no, but I like a steak or whatever or. Or whatever we say to justify such such horrific ag- actions is just um, it really disrupted me and that energy or received it disrupted me. It was emotion, you know, like I was vibrating in my insides and I needed to release it somehow. And and it's th- that's why I can understand activists or vegans are so fucking angry because this it, the world is so unjust and no one's sticking up for these innocent creatures. Um, there's constant death, you know. In- I- yeah, in this, yeah. It's pain and suffering are the two things that we feel and animals also feel.
0: Mm. I, Which I appreciate this conversation because uh, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, but I respect those who that are, and I'm curious about it because I'm only just entering, what are you talking about, about the pain and suffering they're going through? I think
1: through. it's just widen our envelope for compassion. I think when yeah. you watch, when you watch a, a creature being skinned alive and you see its eyes, um, how can you not relate to that in a, on an empathetic level without being a psychopath? I just want to bring something up
2: because I, I tend to do this, but it's interesting that you didn't feel any compassion at all for the guy that got trampled.
1: I think it's because right. it could become of 90, up until that point of hour, it was just um, finally some pushback on all this evil.
0: But but it just you, felt like
1: a balancing, really. Okay, interesting. the I, film uh, was uh,
0: The film was set up to do that, though. Maybe,
1: maybe it didn't really highlight that man's death. Mm. It's just when it happened, I I caught myself going, wow, I I wasn't bothered by that.
2: Mm. I find like in this whole, these whole conversations of, um, I try to be wary of the us and theming because those people doing the whipping are us,
1: Mm.
2: you know, it's, it's, and I'm sure that guy that was doing the whipping was probably suffering as well. Oh, absolutely. He was. I'm just talking about bigger scale shit yeah, man. Okay.
1: Like I'm talking about I'm talking about the er- eradication of evil, the virus of of this thing, this ignorance in us that is um destroying such a beautiful thing as our planet and all the creatures on it. Um I think there needs to be bigger picture actions to recalibrate that in our world. I think I think um
0: yeah. Like what, and, and I, what? I, and I and I'm a bit confused I, to to how we treat animals. I, like watching that movie, i yep.
1: go, right, well, the best thing to do with this planet is kill all of humanity because that's are extreme. They're, I know I wouldn't want to do it, but from what I'm seeing, they're doing the worst thing there is. All the other creatures are just minding their own business, living their own ex- existence. But what humanity is doing through ignorance, i.e., um, just un- inhumane torture, cruelty, whatever else, other dark energies that we got, we all got the ability to do, is
2: destroying life. This is what Ernest Becker, the guy I was talking about before, he wrote it's the book that we'll be talking about. Is maybe these accumulation behaviors or these behaviors where we, you know, where we value money or um, power or wealth over things. It's just another way that we're avoiding dying or death. I'm thinking about it. Yeah.
1: Oh man, humans are suffering like motherfuckers and the people that hurt anyone suffer like motherfuckers. Um, and I do feel, I feel compassion for that suffering too, because I've been there and I've done bad things when I've suffered. Um, <clears throat> I'm just talking bigger picture, like in the same notion that we've thrown back to the Johnny Pollock episode when we talked about the three forces in play and how um, life and creation will absolutely correct itself. What were they? Um, maintenance, creation and destruction, maintenance being in the middle. And right now there's too much maintenance is in primary and for life to flourish and life to move forward um, and for the absolute of the universe to really be in a happy place, creation needs to be in primary. Um, So all this destruction that's happening, all this corrosive eating away of life is um, because there's this maintenance primary.
2: That's just what happens with population growth as well. There's a thousand there's attributes of contribution. Humans got too, too good at surviving. There's like, Everything's off balance.
0: What if the world's going through a death? You know, the metaphoric death that, you know, like the hero steps out into their world and they can change their whole life through going through a death of a, it's an old cycle. Like mm. I used to be like this, now I'm not like this. Like there's the metaphor, metaphoric death. Death of something within you, and you're transforming into a new space or a new place. What if all of that refers to the way that we're treating the world that all of this has purpose? Yeah. That maybe something we're going through a death, and so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know no, where i no, Yeah, I do,
1: but it doesn't stop it being painful. No. Like, and for yeah. one that feels it, feels the pain, and sees it and absorbs it. I find a painful process to go through.
0: Well, maybe that's the question then. Okay, let me push that. I, the only thing, I used to feel so much pain and suffering for my parents. Like even tonight's made me feel a bit solemn and sad. Like I can feel my energy's not at its highest peak because I can remember all of the feelings sitting in there. But, you know, I'm still remembering its true purpose and the true purpose after my parents passed away, what I still to this day talk to lots of people about is that death teaches you to truly love. Like when they died, I loved so many people. Yeah, that's true. Now, when my parents died, I would never have found the love for working with other people. So, you know, I've worked with, as we know, hundreds of thousands of young people to deal with my own grief. Mm -hmm. So there was kind of purpose in it. Yeah. Uh, Even sitting here in this podcast, like my ability to talk about what was real for me impacts the 200 or so who listen to each episode, right? Um, and we will increase that number soon enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, there's... I'm happy with yeah, it oh Yeah, exactly. And so then there's um, uh, the purpose behind, um, like when someone dies and leaves us, like my mentor at the time was Jim Steins, I saw his values that I truly loved and I thought, hey, I'm actually missing what I love about you that value of what you were amazing at taught me what I actually really highly value. That's Mm -hmm.
2: exactly it. When you Mm -hmm. don't have, you don't know what you've got till it's gone sort of thing. Like, um, you you learn, you grab a hold of it. You
0: learn it. It gets embedded in you. Yeah. You get awakened to it. And so that to me is purpose in when someone dies, you're like, Oh my God, I'm not doing that. Oh my goodness. I need to love more. Mm. Oh wow. I'm going to try this or, Oh, well, that's just life. Like, there's actual purpose to it. So, you know, I'm kind of getting us to that place that you go, I mean, I don't want to take away from the sacred activism that needs to happen for the world, but I will argue there must be some purpose to all this pain and suffering that's going on. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck it. How far do we want to scale back? Ignorance was created by our intellect and therefore it's, it's playing its role and that role is playing out. Um and we will evolve past it we'll evolve to be able to manage ignorance and see it for what it is and, and accept it and manage it much better than we are right now
0: i've never ever considered being a vegan or vegetarian until this year mm. now and i promised myself as a veg, as an islander that I, we don't do that we eat we're cannibals don't guys label yourself yeah exactly and so i feel like maybe there's purpose there of whatever you guys are doing because you are both vegans or have been at one stage, I'm a white English man. Yeah, you know that your message is actually getting out there to many people mm. more than ever.
2: Yeah, I think we're also in very early stages of the internet, and you can look at what the internet is, but it's basically it's connecting people, and we can make arguments that oh, it's not—is it doing that through social media? Is it not? But what is it? Where you know, like we can see what's going on. Whether we choose to or not, who knows, but the internet and this connectivity that humans will get with each other is only going to increase mm. so it 's
1: like a creature in its own mind, the internet because it's it 's facilitating whatever general wave of humanity is happening, like with you know Paris bombings or whatever everyone waves onto it and it, you feel it in and you can see it in more contextual sense of like billions of tweets or whatever
2: oh, instead of just you know what would have been. 600 years ago probably would have heard of these things through a traveler. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, yep. it's, um, mm. so I think that con- connectivity and people seeing what's actually happening in the world is going to change. And I think we're going through those growing pains now. Totally
1: been, man. You know, totally. the internet's
2: only been around since yeah. the eighties where well, the information, yeah. We're the totally. first people to be, have the whole information of the world at our fingertips, uh, yeah. like a library to anything. And once and AI plugs into that, resistance. we're fucked.
1: <laughs> yeah, it depends
2: on what you think, but
1: well, the the, the 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 theory on artificial intelligence: once they have the infinite brain of knowledge that is out there, and can create and 3D print themselves, and then grow into an organism, and then repair itself, and then essentially live forever. Is pretty insane.
0: It's amazing. The I conversation
1: love- around AI has blown my brain. Yeah, I,
0: I love it. I think that that's so exciting. So many people go, "You shouldn't." You know, there's there's that argument that I I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about, but it's against AI. Well,
1: because it, conversely, it could do the exact opposite. It could destroy everything. Um, that's that's what I don't know much about it, but my flatmate knows a lot about it, mm. and he was saying like, there's there's two schools of thoughts of it, and both are equally valid.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. It and even it's a, a very big conversation. Yeah, AI makes me think, you know, well, again, we're evolving and we're going to new spaces. Tell me, you know, if we're talking about death and this conversation isn't always just about death and that it's over and we're obviously hearing that from all the different angles we've gone tonight, but um how do you want to be remembered then? Ryan? Go on, give it a credit a crack. I'd be curious, you know, if we were asking people to think about death, I don't think this is about dying. It's about how you live your life.
2: I would like to be remembered as kind. It's the only thing. I don't want to be remembered as accumulating a lot of things. I don't want to be remembered as, you know, that successful guy. But if people go, yeah, he was nice. He was nice to people. I'm happy with that.
0: Mm. That's it. Yeah, it can be so simple, can't it?
2: Well, you want to be remembered as then.
0: It changes every once in a while because I ask people this question quite a bit. Um, And
2: always have an answer to the question that you ask when people do throw it back at (laughs) you.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, but this time I'm like, I don't know. Things have changed a lot again. I have to – look, I think I'm with you. I just want to be remembered as someone who loved you or is loved. Like like, I've read something recently um, that I want to be a billionaire, affect a billion lives or affect millions of lives. And um, I thought once I was younger, I always wanted to be someone who was like changing everyone's life. Like that was my end outcome. But I feel like, yeah, it's gotten so much more simpler. The older I've got now, it's like, I can see that being of service and working for millions of people, that was kind of my ego needing to prove something. So these days I feel like if someone stood up at my funeral and stood there, I would be very happy with what they'd say about me. Mm. Without a doubt, if I think about that. Like, imagine that. Yes, yeah, nice. You know? Yeah, I just, yeah, Emily was loving and she she was real. <laughs> she, she, oh, she kept it real. She could dance <laughs> and she could, you should see her move.
2: <laughs> How
0: about you, Jess? I didn't have any African American friends, so I don't know why somebody <laughs> would say that.
1: This is what it goes to. I'd probably want to be remembered for. Um, <clears throat> making or, people feel free and loved.
2: That's They're all pretty similar, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Do you reckon that's okay? I've got this idea that if you keep asking people questions, the answer always comes to either wanting to give love or receive it. And maybe that's it.
1: Yeah, I th- Yeah, I mean, there's more rewarding given up clearly, but but then selfishly, you receive because you've given.
0: Well, I hate <laughs> to be that person that says it. Love makes the world go round. Like, come on, if we're thinking about death, isn't that just the one true purpose?
1: Yeah. Like, oh, I think, I mean, I think what I can do as a human being is enable people, give people a license to feel free by my my way of living. Mm. Um, I also, I'm not perfect at that. And a lot of days I'm a miserable bastard, you know, like when I'm in a down state. So um, don't remember me for those days.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'll remember. But I think that's a really nice place to. To finish on is everyone thinking about how you want to be remembered and not overcomplicating it. You know, death is pretty straightforward, you know. Mm. So, um, if you want to find out more about death, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find out more Don't about collective potential, but how you live your life, right, go to collectivepotential.com.au. What a beautiful conversation to have on today's podcast. Love you guys.